So Washington State, Oregon State, they got their day in court and they won. They walked away victorious. But what does that mean exactly moving forward? Now, you're going to hear from a lot of sources that in this, there is uh, there is no way that they get control of the conference moving forward when it comes to the playoff picture. In that being said, they won't get $300 million that you and I talked about a month ago. That isn't exactly the case. Because even Kirk Schultz has come out and said, yeah, we try to do it on more of a school-to-school basis, but... If you look at the way the rules are written for 2023-24, which is next year, which is the year they'll still control the assets because there is a, a whole deal with this grace period. Let, let, let me unpack. Give me 30 seconds here to try to explain it to you like I'm five and you're five. Washington State, Oregon State, everybody else leaves. Those two schools say we want control of where this conference goes from here. No more big board meetings with everybody. It's just us to decide the future of a conference that has just us. The law, the law says, you know what? Sure. That's sounds pretty reasonable we'll give it to you three four hundred million dollars in assets this year you guys decide what you want to do with this moving forward the ncaa has gifted them a grace period of a few years they have until 2027 to try to figure out what they're going to do with the pac-12 and until then they can still be the pac-12 those two teams now the way the college football playoff committee has written the rules of the college football playoff is the revenue sharing for this goes to power conferences they're going to give an estimate of $300 million, $320 million to every power conference. And again, if you're keeping up, the NCAA still recognizes the Pac-12 as a power conference due to their grace period. Who's in that power conference? Washington State and Oregon State. With that, with them being the two members of a power conference, the way that it's written in the rules for the college football playoff is the revenue distribution would go in full. That conference would go in full to those two schools. I have not seen any documentation, legal documentation, that says that's not the case. You heard from Ross Dellinger that now the college football playoff committee is wanting to go to a five plus seven format. Again, unpacking, that means four power conferences get an automatic bid. The fifth, that that five part of the five plus seven, that fifth team is going to be the best group of five school in America. The other seven are at-large bids. Right now, it's a six and six format. Five power conference teams, one, the, the best not group of five conference team, and then six at large. That's it. The six plus six as we, as we speak. Now, guess what? If we want to go with Dellinger's reporting and say that, okay, now we're going to change it to a five plus seven, you have to vote unanimously for everybody to do that. The problem with voting unanimously is that Kirk Stoltz, the president of Washington State, is on the college football playoff committee, and he's not going to vote for his school to get the shaft. He's not going to vote for this five plus seven. What if he can keep it at six plus six by rule? What's written right now, his conference exists because the NCAA says it does. They have to let his team in. Now, you at home can say that doesn't make any sense. And you're right. How could you pick from two teams? These are just two teams in a conference. You can't give one of them an automatic bid. That make no sense. It does, that should work. But it is. See, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you say. Well, okay, well, this makes the most sense. It's not law. There are contracts. Signed. There's a legal proceedings that occurred already to establish what the college football playoff committee is. And now further legal proceedings that have established, you know what, of the money, of the voting power, of the decision-making for the rest of the conference, we give all of that to Oregon State and Washington State. Everybody else left. Now, I want to mention this. I do want to mention this. Those teams that left the Pac-12 broke their grant of rights by announcing it before the date where it was legal, right before we're going to midnight and saying, all right, see you guys later. 
So you're being they're being punished. These teams are being punished for giving notice, for putting in their two weeks, they're being punished for breaking the rules so that they could get a jump ahead of this thing. That's where it gets really funky to me of, okay, so is it bad? If you you announce on the front end and try to give everybody time to figure things out, then you get punished by not being able to control assets. So wait a second, wait a second. The money that Oregon brought in this year, that USC brought in this year, now a judge has ruled that they don't get to see that? But that, now that Oregon State and then Washington State, they're going to get they're going to get to control that because that school broke the rules. But had they not broken the rules, had they told you the day of, hey, yeah, we're leaving, what would that debacle have looked like? Does it make sense how confusing that is? How trying to piece this together is something that's very complex and complicated. The problem that I keep going back to, and I, I know you're going to see, you'll see videos of Kirk Schultz saying, yeah, we're trying to make it more of a team thing. And, and you'll hear Ross Dellinger come out and say, hey, what about the five, five plus seven is the way we're going to move? You hear all that stuff. And here's what I keep coming back to. It doesn't matter what these talking heads say. It doesn't matter what these people say. It doesn't matter what I say outside of what is written in the college football playoff committee's rules. There are already outlines for what to do in these scenarios. A judge, a judge has ruled on what to do in the scenario with Washington State and Oregon State. I can't change that. You can't change that. There is an appeal process, but I'm not hanging my hat on that right now. Head hat on that right now. I'm confident, confident that what is written right now is in favor of Washington State and Oregon State holding on to Leverage. It's that leverage word that makes me think they've still got a shot at going to a Big Ten, uh, a, a, a Big 12, an ACC. That there's still an opportunity to do that. Now, do I want those two teams? Well, we, we've kind of talked about the markets and TV and Washington State brings a lot. What can Oregon State bring you with well, a good of football right now? What have you done for me lately? But that's not really the way these deals work. It, and it, I want to go back to this. Do you want those two teams in the Big 12? Do you want Washington State and Oregon State? Now they have money. Now they have leverage. The way that's written, they'll be rich the next couple of years. Do you want to try to strike a deal with them to bring some of that leverage, You know, for them to use their leverage to bring some of that power over to the Big 12? And if the answer is yes, good news. They're going to be able to use leverage to make a move like that. If your answer is no, it's kind of too bad. Right now, they've got, they've got legally, they've got power. No matter what I say, no matter what you say, no matter what I want, no matter what you want, these teams can operate around it because of what a judge has granted them and what the college football playoff has granted them, what the NCAA has granted them. Nobody thought at the beginning that they did the same damn thing as the Big 12 tiebreaker. Nobody sat around and thought, oh, shoot, we should probably not make these rules so bad. And now you got to pay for it. And if you want to you change those rules, you got to get around Kirk Schultz, who's the president at Washington State. That's complex. Hey, you know what's not complex? Kansas being good at basketball. It's kind of normal. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is where I go for all of my sports betting needs. I love to do the wagering. I went in last night on a live bet. Kansas and Kentucky threw 20 bucks in the Kentucky uh, on the Kansas Jayhawks against Kentucky, I should say. In the second half, it was 20 to win 42. 
bang, cashed. Right now, new customers get $153 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Again, it's an app. You just download the FanDuel app. It's so easy. Or go on your desktop to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that $150 in bonus bets with your $5 winning money line bet at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 